like, you know how these health professionals have so much sway on the public now? Like, oh. just the power. And I was just thinking, you know, like, low-level health professionals, as in, like, you know, just nurses and, you know, just occupational therapy. All the, all, yeah. you know, even the big ones, even, like, the big, you know, six-year degree ones. But, like, where do they... They touch on a bit of history, but how are these people now gods and telling the public how to behave and act when they've just done a three or four year degree I know. And, and that doesn't cover history and and different like you know just the things that have happened in history that have caused massive genocide and stuff and just and, the and rights even just the rollout of drugs and, and medications in mm-hmm. the past that have been a complete absolute like an absolute failure yeah they're not learning that no. they'll touch on it a little bit but they don't they're, they're, they're giving COVID-19 vaccinations to pregnant women yeah. like hello can anyone say thalidomide yeah exactly it's the same fucking asbestos cigarettes cigarettes used to be prescribed to women during pregnancy because it made your baby smaller and and now you're going to take their health advice like fuck off melanie the midwife she's been posting stuff is she the one that got in trouble because yeah 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 she's just um she's like not you know whatever she she was sharing their studies yeah their studies their information and she got in trouble mm-hmm. she just was like gonna do a deeper dive in all the available literature on covid vax and like pregnancy breastfeeding, breastfeeding yeah. and then basically some fucking knob jockey reported her so she was not meant to do anything for 30 days and then she decided fuck it i will and then apra comp- contacted her and said it's okay we've dismissed the complaint and the other day she shared um a study on spontaneous abortion which is miscarriage um post the covid vax and the surveillance period for this tiny study that was so confusing like she even said like what the fuck is this like was four weeks so if you <laughs> oh, if God. you get your vaccine and because we don't know how it fucking works yet and your baby within you passes five weeks it wasn't counted in that study and so that's the surveillance period wouldn't it be the whole time you're fucking pregnant yeah like even i actually i I saw that and i didn't have time to go in and work it out but i think someone really went through that and they said actually if you work out the figures Uh um it was like a hundred um miscarriages 112 or 127 or something out of 187 live pregnancies what yeah someone really broke it all down I'll, i'll have to try and find it again but that would be why, because I didn't realize they were only following them for four, for four weeks. weeks. Yeah, well, exactly. So four weeks after their vaccination. Post-vaccination. So second dose. After yeah. Four, so if your baby, if you had a miscarriage five weeks after your... Not counted. It wasn't fucking counted. No. Are you fucking yeah, serious? Only four weeks. And like, this is the th- complexity of pregnancy is you're always at different stages. Oh, don't take Panadol while you're pregnant. I know. take an experimental RM- mRNA exactly. injection. Fuck There me. are vaccines you can't have while pregnant as yeah. well. Like, it's a recognized thing, but... And, like, I, it blows my mind, the health professionals that are blatantly unaware of the history of women's health in research with, like, scientific research. Yes. Like, we're constantly barely researched. We, doctors don't even understand fucking menstrual cycles and pregnancy. I saw that pregnancy. we were intentionally left out of the COVID-19 vaccine trials, too, because mm. there was absolutely no African-American women yeah. um, included. Uh-huh. And women were largely left out of the trials because they know that it impacts our menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and they didn't want any of that in the yeah in the results this um the defender had an article um the defender is the rfk children's health defense yeah, yeah yeah and it's got it's it's great little thing but um they basically said um like because the bmj because there's been over thirty thousand reports of menstrual irregularities and vaginal bleeding has been made as of September 2, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agencies, <clears throat> the UK system for collecting and monitoring... What? 
Okay, so because of that, they've now said we'll give you $1.6 million through to like five different organizations. So it's fuck all money anyway to try and investigate why these women are having bleeding problems like afterwards. Um, so in and that's only the 30,000 that made reports. Exactly. So many people aren't reporting things. No. Even like I know people personally who have had like very, very random like... So do I. You know, like hearing loss for like a couple of weeks but yeah. don't report it. And yeah. just Numbness. I've, I've had two people report like um, varying degrees of numbness. Like it'll come and go from their legs. It'll come and go from their hands. Um, and you just think, man, what oh, the fuck God. is that? Um, in an interview with Medical News Today, Dr. Sarah Gray, a GP for who for 15 years ran a specialist women's health clinic for the UK's National Health Service, said, The control of menstrual bleeding is complex with potential effects from the brain, ovaries and uterus itself. It is plausible that the effects of the SARS-CoV-2 infection or vaccination on the immune system could affect the, this control pathway, and any research would be greatly valued. Gray also noticed... Also noted, women's health has not been a research priority for 20 years and there is much we do not know. I am dismayed that the research design of the COVID vaccine trials makes it impossible at this time to actually explore this relationship and I hope drug and vaccine manufacturers in the future take these considerations into account. In an email to the defender, Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky, pediatrician, lecturer and author said, if we were to follow the scientific method as it was taught in textbooks, knowing full well there is no longer any adherence to the scientific method, we would immediately see this observation of menstrual cycle changes in tens of thousands of women as a signal for which necessary questions need to be asked. Um, True adherence to the scientific method would allow for answers to be reported without bias or prejudice for a desired outcome of the results. Um, And so that makes me, you know, like thinking about these health professionals that are like, coercing especially health professionals who work in women's health they have no understanding of the lack of like we don't even know proper things about breastfeeding yet we don't know shit like it's not a priority i remember once reading something with breastfeeding like we don't even know like how much there's like hypothesis on how much alcohol gets into breastfeeding but there's no you know studies Yet, in the same kind of field with ejectile problems, like with your dick, there is just like 40,000 things, there's like <laughs> yes. pills, there's like manufacturers are pumping it in. Like, could yeah. you imagine if instead of menstrual irregularities, it was, oh, my dick didn't work for fucking 30 days. And there would be $30 million ASAP. And like, can you imagine if there wasn't a trillion dollar industry relying on women failing at breastfeeding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Then maybe there would be some research into it. And the same but with... they don't give a shit about breastfeeding exactly. because it's more profitable to them if no one breastfeeds. And also the profitability of being infertile. Like, yeah. oh, go, to, go through IVF. Like, how much of those IVF clients, it's no one, don't necessarily need IVF. Yeah. Like, there are ways around it or there's... Well, they go through IVF trying. and then 10 years later they have a natural baby. Yeah, yeah. You know? So much shady shit. Oh, so But just shady. that... that there was somebody who shared um, this thing about, tell me you're oppressed without, oh no, something like, tell me you've never been oppressed without telling me you've never been oppressed. And it was like all these people like at freedom rallies, like for our rights. And I thought, you're a well-fed Western woman, white, health professional, telling other people like, you're not oppressed. And I just was like, A, you're just moral posturing, you're just virtue signaling yeah. to everybody. You don't understand what especially minority groups, Aboriginal people, black people, especially women in those groups, have been succumbed, like who what they've succumbed to in the past with Western medicine, pharmaceutical companies, or like the predatory nature of Western medicine. You completely have no idea of the history of these things. And 
What, you're going to tell me so if you're an Aboriginal woman and you're like, no, I don't want that because, you know, fuck, my cousin has, like, one toe because of formaldehyde. Yeah. You're going to tell her, you're not a... Pro- like, you're the arbiter now of, like, this... And I'm just like, this is disgusting. And it's almost also disturbing that they are the authority on, like, telling us, like, I'm an RN and I'll, you know, you should get this back. Oh, did you see that bullshit fucking statement that come out from um, midwife, uh, Nurses and Midwives Union of Australia or some bullshit? And they were calling out the protesters because they were like, this is putting unnecessary pressure on our health system. How about you have a think about the nurses who go to work every day? And... I know a woman that shared it. She's a midwife on the Sunshine Coast. And I just wrote her back straight away. And I was like, um, those, because she said that they're, um, yeah, I'll have to find it because it was, it was, I fucking ranted. It's just like this hero complex again. And also, you don't have any flu anymore, guys. So aren't there plenty of nurses freed up? Um, so I said, oh, I said, never has a case been traced to outdoor transmission, including protests. Mm-hmm. And she wrote back, that's kind of my point, though. They have been asked to eat lunch outside instead of inside, a site shed for a couple of weeks to help slow the transmission. And instead, they chuck a tantrum and behave like animals. I'm not saying people shouldn't have a say, but this is different. I was like, they're not fucking chucking a tantrum over lunchrooms. They're refusing to vaccinate against their will to maintain their employment. They're standing against tyranny. They're advocating for freedom. They're standing up for everyone in Australia who refuses to submit to a totalitarian regime. So they're doing what everyone should have been doing for the last 18 months Mm -hmm. and then she was like oh i didn't know they were mandating vaccination for construction i just found this out well good shut your fucking mouth like but that's the whole point (laughs) yeah the fucking news aren't reporting it they're saying that there's tens of thousands of construction Mm -hmm. workers in in victoria Mm -hmm. protesting because they don't want it they can't eat in their lunchroom yeah no cunts they're fucking they're standing up because they don't want to inject themselves with Mm -hmm. an experimental fucking yeah therapy like exactly but the, that the, the media just twist everything. the propaganda machine oh it. it's it's so fierce. slick yeah and like even i barely even read into it but i was like oh it was um what's our prime minister's name fucking scott, scott morrison. morrison like condemning the protesters at the freedom rally that went they were apparently at um an anzac the thing from a and yeah. they were kind of quickly and i was like hey the whole false flag thing yeah. like if you don't want like these what are they called again agent provocateur yeah provocateur yeah. Provocators. Pro- pro- provocators, yeah. Like, they'll, like, you know, if you don't like what people are protesting about, put a few in there yep. that are on your side and break stuff, yep. piss on the Anzac piss thing. The, yes. And then now the media thing is, oh, these Freedom Rally people disrespecting the, the Anzacs. And then that, then you get conflated into, like, now me and you aren't just, like, people that are willing to, you know, or who are just, like, interested in human rights. Yeah. Now we're, like, you know, yes. desecrating the, the Anzacs. We're fucking Nazis. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, if you fall for this, if you watch the TV constantly, you fall for it. Yeah. And you believe it all. Yeah. And it's it's so far off a vaccine. Like, it's like, holy shit. You, oh, my gosh. And oh, then, but... and then like, the, the police brutality in Victoria at the moment is oh, just next level. So like, disgusting. I, but... The comments from people. Well, they shouldn't have been there. Are you actually? I was raped in a dark alley. Well, you shouldn't have been oh, there. Sarah. My bad. Like, what the fuck, you dumb fucks? How do they not it see is what so they're disgusting? <laughs> oh my god. This this is the country we're now living in. Yeah, like, it's, it's so just nice. unbelievable. I was talking to my dad today, um, and we were talking about the vaccine and and you know what it's such it's such an elephant in the room it's so hard not to talk about yeah. it so we always mm-hmm. end up talking about it and mm-hmm. dad's like did you hear that in new south wales and victoria you can't go into the shopping shopping center without your vaccine he goes that's fucking ludicrous <laughs> yeah. and i was like it is like I it's just know. yeah 
So when the vaccine first came out, it'll stop transmission. It'll mm-hmm. stop you from getting COVID. It's, you know, the path to freedom. It's yeah. the path out the of here. Hospitals won't get overwhelmed. Now it's very clear and very fucking obvious that it doesn't mm-hmm. stop transmission. Mm-hmm. So now all, their only claim now is that it'll stop you being hospitalized. But in all the other nations that are far, far ahead of us than mm-hmm. in, their va- in their vaccine rollout, mm-hmm. their hospitalizations are higher than ever. Exactly. And that's that. What's the ADE called again? Or, oh. um... Like the the worry that of the vaccine in an active pandemic was like you're gonna the people who are vaccinated will react worse to it. Yeah. And yeah. people have been saying like in Israel and that, yeah, they're starting to see the vaccinated are taking up the ICUs. Yeah. Like, you know, and because they are they are way ahead of us. They're like over eighty percent. What are we at still? Like, you know, not oh, Australia wide, we're not even at fifty, I don't think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, you've still got all the government suppressing treatments. Yeah. You know, it's only just now in the states that they're like, oh, maybe the ventilators are actually killing people. And do you hear about the remdesivir, yeah. which we use here, and they're saying like some of the people dying from COVID in hospitals, it's like their their fucking kidneys and liver failing from the remdesivir. Yeah. Or COVID death, and like, I there was a study. I think Craig Kelly shared it, but it was an actual like from a journal or whatever, saying the benefits were like. No, like but yeah. they, they weren't really there for remdesivir. So stop using it. But guess how long is that going to take? But guess what? Fine. If you stop using it, does that mean you're an anti-vaxxer, Q, anzac desecrating <laughs> fucking person now? Like this is how politics in this medicine is so bad. But guess what Pfizer's um, bringing out now? A anti... Like an ivermectin. Yeah, it's like an ivermectin copy. It's an yeah. anti-parasitic medication. Yeah. Like it's just, it, if you cannot see the writing on the wall at yeah. this stage, I just don't understand. Exactly. So... Um, you know how we always talk about, like, what's the end game? What's the goal here? Like, where are yeah. we going to head? So I have no doubt that Queensland is going to have an outbreak like New South Wales and Victoria yeah. because our vaccination numbers just aren't high mm-hmm. enough. Like, we're the worst state. Yeah. Um, and, but, like, moving forward, I feel like this is, this is, it's all going to take a really long time. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like, so this is just one thing. And I feel like they're doing the states individually on purpose. I've mm-hmm. said that before. But... I think everyone's just sort of not getting angry. People aren't fighting back because they mm. think it's going to end. Yeah. They think, oh, we just have to get to this percentage of vaccinated and then it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Do, you, does people, do people really think they're going to take those QR codes down? Oh. Like, do people think they're going to stop this um, this mm-hmm. health passport thing? Like, they, yeah. they've, they've invested trillions of dollars into all these programs. You yeah. think they're just going to abandon those yeah, when exactly. you get to a certain percentage of vaccinated? Mm-hmm. At least, you know, Dan Andrews is the most totalitarian fuckwit I've ever, ever witnessed. Mm. But at least he's honest. He's like, oh, you're not getting your freedom back even when we get to 80%. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking clear. <laughs> it's so disturbing it's scary you know the qr code thing like yeah. i just went to townsville and like i was at a bottle shop with mum, and this young girl probably like you know to late 20s or something she like basically trips over herself getting her phone out running over to like the qr code basically to scan in and initially straight away i was just like you're the first to die in the apocalypse yeah. like i just thought yeah. you can't even like we're fucking in townsville there's a breeze through this whole fucking bottle shop the beach is right there I'm looking at you, you look healthy, you're tan, you're fucking, you know, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I just thought, wow. Like, I didn't check in anyway. Like, no one even gave a fuck. And I was just The like, only place I've been asked to check in was the cinema. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, I don't have that, um, I don't have that app on my phone. She's like, oh, here, just do this. So I was like, fucking Minnie Mouse from yeah. Able Smith Parade. <laughs> You know, like it's yeah. just it's just the most ridiculous. That's what I'm thing. But they don't they don't bring in these things and then take it back. Look after look after yeah. nine eleven. You know, they put yeah. X ray fucking 
machines in every well, goddamn there, airport there in America. There was a bunch of um of their like organizations, the DSA. There was like a few of them that were begun but were sprung out of 911. Yeah, you know, was going anywhere. There was like five of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. This shit doesn't just This is what's so confusing. It's like all we know now is it reduces hospitalization. What doesn't even do apparently that? like because there's a lot of holes when they make that statement too. Yeah. But I'm like, so if you're already vaccinated and they're like, Sarah, get vaccinated because you could hurt my granddad, but your granddad's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can give it to him. Yeah, but he's vaccinated, so it reduces <laughs> yes. hospitalization, so you won't end up in hospital. Like, do we just quarantine everyone forever? Like, I just don't get the logic anymore with it. There is no logic. That's the problem. Oh. But people are so prescribed to the fucking news. Yeah. And, and the government apparently having their best interests at heart that they're just not the ivermectin thing is hilarious because like it's obviously in with used with other things it is very helpful right even as a prophylactic and stuff and it's like you can tell the people that watch the news like <laughs> these people were talking to us and saying mum brought up ivermectin and they were like that's in my horse dewormer and you're like you've been watching the news honey like yeah. Animals take fucking anxiety meds the same brand, like the same as what we do. We don't antibiotics are the same. I don't call that like the same. Exactly. And then he brought up like mum's like, oh, it's really affordable. No, mine costs twelve dollars. And I was like, you've been watching the news. Like it's so obvious. Like it's a it's a drug used for both things. And like, what's that noise? Someone talking. Oh, I can hear it so clear in here, and it yeah. felt like somebody was in the house. Yeah. Um, like I said. I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about, the ivermectin thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it won the Nobel Peace Prize for an um, antiparasitic, because it's an antiparasitic, in yeah. 2015, in human use. So people were saying, well, no, it is a... Because the whole argument was it's a horse drug. Mm. So people were like, no, it's used in humans. Yeah. It even won just... a Nobel Peace Prize. And and then they were like, yeah, but that's... But the argument now is like, yeah, but not for COVID. Yeah. It's like, no shit. But the point is, it's used in humans. And people, medicine, like medical people use off-label drugs all the time all for the different time. things. If you're a lactating woman and you're struggling with supply, what's the first thing they prescribe Dumb you? Domperidone. And it's not for fucking lactating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a heart medication, I think. Well, it's, not, it's, like it's certainly not for lactating. Exactly. That's just a side effect yep. that they use to their advantage. Yeah. Um, I was reading some stats the other day about Africa, and uh-huh. there's all different parts of Africa that are, like, insanely condensely populated. Yeah, right. Especially in comparison to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, probably similar to Europe, but obviously over a much bigger um landscape yeah so, you know it still is condensedly populated but more people more oh. size mm-hmm. um and they have like less than three percent people vaccinated right. and their death rate is like 800 people a week amazing and you know what's prescribed over there for all the time ivermectin for yeah. malaria yeah they take it all the time they, they the, take it prophylactically yeah yeah a lot of the african doctors initially at the start were saying like how yeah. well ivermectin was working yeah it is a fuck. Uh, you know, I just I can't wait for this. Sh- I can't wait for this dust to settle mm-hmm. and the legal shit to really. Kick oh, off I know. Because motherfuckers are gonna go to jail. I fucking hope so. Yeah. yeah, and I think they should all be. It should just be like, especially with, I think I have such a problem with the health professionals and APRA and stuff because that's like my little people, right? Yeah. And I just feel disgusted and embarrassed to be a part of them. And especially if there's no recourse for all of the shit they're saying. It's yeah. untrue. Yeah. These are coercing people. Yeah. And if this does end badly, as in like 30 <laughs> years fucked. from now, I hope these are fucked. And I hope all future students are like like taught this. Like, you know how in Germany there's a lot of shit with like Nazi stuff yeah, now? Yeah. Like, it's banged into their heads. Yeah. Like, I hope it is. And 
there should be punishments, like, and Absolutely. especially with the media and stuff. And the police. Yeah, it's yeah. just so disturbing. Following, we don't know our history anymore. Like, no, no one does. Following orders is not a good enough excuse. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Oh, it's so fucked up. It is. Hey, I found this really cool um, podcast. I found it by accident. I don't even yeah. know how it popped up. Actually, I think I've started following the lady on Instagram and then it popped oh, up. Uh-huh. So she is a libertarian homeschooler. Oh, cool. And her name is Anna Martin and she yeah. was a guest on a podcast called... Oh, I can't even remember what the podcast is called. Anyway, yeah. her words are amazing. Awesome. The way she talks about... What's um, her name? Anna Martin. Anna Martin. Yeah. yeah. The way she talks about homeschooling and... Um, it's just so there was one part she's got two boys they're 20 and 16 now so she's mm-hmm. a very old hand yeah. and she fell in love with um, you know working with children and stuff when she was 14 yeah and she wanted to do Montessori and all that sort of stuff and, mm-hmm. but then when it actually came time to like, like when she'd had children and it came time for her to homeschool mm-hmm. um, she realised very quickly that you know you can't you might have this idea of how you want your kids to be and who you want them to be and what you want them to be good at, but mm-hmm. really you've got no control over that. Yeah. Like it's up to them to decide. Mm-hmm. And she she sort of says um, how um, when she stopped trying to teach her child and allowed them to learn, yeah, everything changed. That's interesting, hey? Isn't it? Stop trying to bang into their heads. Stop yeah. trying to teach them, mm-hmm. observe them, yeah, and allow them to learn. Yeah. And I was like, my head just That's exploded. A, yeah. It was, it, it's a really, really good podcast. That's so... I need to listen to it. Because I've read, a, like, two books, really. Like, that, um... John Holt. You know, like, this thing? Teach, oh, yeah, teach yeah. your own. And yeah. it's, like, so lovely. It's all about, like, just the... How we even teach kids now. Yeah. It's just so fucked up. And it just is turning them into people, you know... It, all, 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 all they learn is how to retain information. Mm-hmm. They're not learning how to learn. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about the stuff she says. And she was saying, like, how... Um, oh, there's so many things. I just can't even... Even if I didn't want to homeschool right now, like, you know, they're trying to... What was it now? Five to 11-year-olds can get the vaccine now. Or oh, that's soon to be. are saying that it's safe now. Which will be, you know, because now it's 12-year-olds are allowed to. So the manufacturer who stands to make trillions of dollars from their product are saying it's safe for children and you are expected to trust their methodology <laughs> and their findings. Yeah. Like, if that's not the most fucked up thing I ever heard. And if you don't agree, you're a cute... But that was the plan from the beginning. That's what I've... And I've always said that to everyone. If you don't want your kids to have it, you need to say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if you say yes, it gives them more... Yeah. More options to inject the kids. And it will be become part of the childhood schedule. I have no doubt. Fucking oath. And it's so sad because this is another way you're going to force parents into stuff. Because if it becomes like, no, little Johnny can't go to soccer this weekend, he's not vaxxed. Mm-hmm. Oh, mom, I want to go. Like, of course he wants to go to soccer. And that's where you need to be like, no, we're not going to go to this soccer club anymore. We're going to go to the, the fucking field like they used to in the 70s when mm-hmm. there was no fucking 15 different extracurricular activities for kids. It was just like whatever you did in the backyard with all of the neighborhood kids. We're going to go back to that for a bit until... Yeah our fucking country stabilizes a bit um can you just like i just can't imagine uh, i'm uh, if we hadn't decided to homeschool yet we would have by now same yeah like i just can't imagine because and then did you see that thing i think it was in australia that um if you're 12 and above you can give your own consent you can give your own consent if that is not trying to destroy the family unit like there is just no it's fucked up 
I just, yeah, so I don't even have any level of trust ever, like, in the school system. They're doing if I, clinics at school. Oh, I could not send Sophie to school or Raymond to school now at all without my gut turning, thinking a fucking teacher who thinks they're doing the right thing mm. is going to say, just get it done. Like, yeah. I have no faith. I think those people are out there. They're going to inject yeah. my kid. Like, it's going to fucking happen, man. Yeah. And I might not, you know, I just wouldn't trust them at all. And 5 to 11, oh, it's just conveniently school age. Yeah. You know, I, it's just, oh, man. We, um... Romania's looking better and better every day. No. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, seriously. How the fuck do we get out of this country? And you can't even leave. I know, because um, my friend was saying it costs thousands to and leave. You, and they're rejecting 15,000 applications every month for people that want to leave. Um, table 1, COVID-19 cases and deaths among children and adolescents compared to adults. So the 0 to 9 year group, 5,000 cases, 0 deaths. 10 to 19 years age group. 7,000, 7,500 and deaths was one, so 0.01. And that young fella had a heart condition. Right. Yeah. And 20 to 59 year olds, 36,000 cases, um, 35 deaths, which is 0.1% of cases ended in death. 60 plus 8,000 cases, 995 deaths. So 12% of the 60 pluses have died in Australia. So if you were giving your child... Like, the, so 0 to 19, it was, like, under 0.01 chance of dying from COVID. And if you are putting elderly people before your fucking child and you're you're sitting there going, oh, well, no, I've got to protect my grandparents. Um, it so, doesn't stop transmission. Yeah, and also, you are dumb because why? I would never put myself, my parents, my grandparents anyone ahead of you above of my fucking children no. and like maybe this is the programming from like you know how the family unit is kind of fucked at the moment like maybe we are really disconnected from our children mm. maybe these mothers who are fucked over in their birth and they have all these fucking issues and then the kid goes to daycare at five weeks old and like maybe the impact is now maybe it, we are having this mean. dissociative thing with our children where it's like yeah no inject them yeah what the fuck are you a fucking robot well they need to go back to work sarah to pay for the car they don't they can't afford and the house they can't afford yeah <laughs> You know, I was having this conversation with a friend today. I get so fucking shitty when people say, I had to go back to work. No, you didn't. You had a choice. You had a choice between the car you can't afford and the house you can't afford and Mm. staying home with your baby. You had a choice. And even if you were unexpected found yourself unexpectedly pre- pregnant mm-hmm. and you had a house you couldn't afford and a car repaint sell everything yeah, no, there right. is always options but people prioritize their things over yeah. the family unit yeah. just say that just say no i prefer to have a holiday yeah, i prefer yeah. to have yeah. a nice car than be home with my kid yeah but at the end of the day that complete disconnection that family disconnect mm-hmm. is the root cause of every fucking mm-hmm. issue in society yeah that famous quote it's like you first can't examine issues within society within society without first looking at the family, family. or something yeah. it's like the be all and end all of everything yeah so mothers when they're as soon as they're pregnant well not even before that you know like mm-hmm. i think about you know the shit i did when i was a teenager and i just think fuck sarah you're so lucky that everything didn't go completely pear-shaped yeah. you know the stupid shit i did the the men i was with like mm-hmm. and i just think you fuckhead <laughs> like if i could <laughs> go you learn though i guess. I, absolutely yeah totally um, but if I could go back, I would, I would sure as shit would have done it differently. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the reason I had those experiences as a mm-hmm. teenager was because my family unit was a fucking shambles. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone I know that has come from a connected family unit. Yeah. Doesn't go mm. off the rails like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like 
I went off the rails, but not, like, honestly, when I look back on it, I'm like, there's way more worse. Like, I just drank and went to parties. Yeah, which is kind of stock standard. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, like, you know, I wasn't on meth stripping or anything. Yeah. It just, everything. Not yet. And then, and then, so from, from that, I, I somehow found myself a really decent man. Yeah. Which I'm so, I mean, I, yeah, I don't believe in luck, but. Sometimes these things. Sometimes these things just happen. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I found myself a really good man, and but still, like there was, I was, I was a people pleaser. I mm. was the good girl. I was so you know, yeah. Try and so then I went into pregnancy, trying to please all the medical professionals oh, yeah. around me. I did everything they told me to yeah. do. My birth went to shit. I was left in a fucking crumbles. Mm-hmm. I didn't connect with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it starts well before we think it starts yeah definitely and I was listening to a homeschool podcast a little while ago and they're talking about you know how people have like mother wounds sister wounds like emotional and they're talking about the school wound and it's the people pleaser the good little girl I'm like dude how many of us had to break out of that if we wanted to have the birth we wanted to have like Mm. it plays out in that arena and yeah it's like so obvious, and and a girl should never speak out. A girl should never yeah. be loud. If she's loud, she's obnoxious. Exactly. If she's loud, she's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, and how many like business women and stuff, or you know, women who are running shit. Yeah. Act like a man, perhaps, or yeah. like you know, just not even just in their masculine, like sorting shit out, being a boss, yeah. and they're they're psycho though, they're bitches. And yeah, you're like, yeah. Oh, so what? The, the dude doing the same fucking job, who's a bit powerful and pushy, yeah. he's fine, he's just powerful, yeah. but you're a bitch. Like it's so unfair. Yeah, no, the, the, and then I just think too, like, poor Tanner, every day of his life for three years, I mm-hmm. well, you know, five days a week, I don't know however many days in a year they're at school, I sent him yeah. off. Yeah. And I missed that. I yeah. missed all of that yeah. at school. And I just think that that's normal. That's the norm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's what people expect and that's what people, mm-hmm. we're crazy. And, the, you know, the whole thing back in the day is like, oh, but how will your kids socialise? And I'm like, this is so... Like, look how sick the socialisation is of mm-hmm. children now. Look at teenagers. Look at look the mental health. Look at the suicide rates. Look at, like, like, why the fuck would I want my kid in that cesspool every day? Yeah. They all... My children are, are probably definitely going to have Instagram and Facebook and shit. They're not going to be fucking... Like, eventually, it's going to happen. Um, or, like, maybe they'll be, like, totally rad and be, like, mm, I'm doing that shit, mum. Yeah, like, but I don't know. even if they do have those things... That's still socialisation. What the fuck are they missing out on? They're going to be, by default, connected to you. So, mm. you know, you would assume that any time they have any issues, just like when they fall over and graze their knee mm. at home, mm-hmm. they're going to come to you. Yeah. They're not going to, yeah. you know, go to, you know, their friend, their, their, yeah. you know, their dodgy friend at school. Yeah, or their dumbass teacher. Yeah. Thinking. It'd be good if, like, yeah, if teachers were... Yeah, I don't know. You know, just every it seems like every industry there's just so much of it is crap and there's only every, a few good everything, ones. Everything once you sort of once you sort of open your eyes to the degradation of society, mm. every system in place at the moment is designed to degrade the family unit. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine if we were all in families with strong family units led by strong men, backed mm-hmm. by strong women? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the women stay at home with the babies, mm. the ba- you know, can you imagine if our society was still like that? Oh, you you could um go to Texas and totally fit into like the um like the farm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like what are those Christians called? Oh, the Amish. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. No, I had really. someone say to me the other day because I was I was bitching about the reward system. Yeah, have you listened to the latest Joe Rogan podcast? He has a neuroscientist on there. No, and, um, Anna, no. 
someone or other, Lem King. She's rad. She's really right. cool. And, but she talks about video games a lot. And oh. I've, I have a lot of conflict at the moment with Tanner yeah. and video games. It really disturbs me that he's obsessed with them. Yeah. And we're not sure really how best to move forward with that. So I found the podcast really interesting. And she talks yeah. about how um, humans now are... Well, humans by default operate on a reward system. You know, we endure the hard thing yeah. to do to get the reward like we endure the workout and then treat ourselves with a donut after dinner or mm-hmm. we endure the day at work and then treat ourselves reward ourselves with right. a beer when we get home uh-huh um and video games is the same sort of reward system you get that dopamine high and yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to, i'm fucking hot and then i'm cold and, I'm hot. <laughs> and i just want a light fan up, but i can't remember Anyway, so I was We're in a new podcast studio today. <laughs> um, so I was ranting to a friend about how I hated the reward system in school. You know, mm-hmm. they get their little chart and if they get 10 stickers, they get to pick a prize from the yeah. prize box. And I don't want my little humans to think they they have to do good and, and be good and pick up the rubbish and help their friend just mm. so they get a prize. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to just do it. be respectful humans. Yeah. Um, so I was ranting about that and... and my friend sort of said, well, I want my kids to know how those systems work so that they can fit in with society. Ugh. And I'm like, I don't want my kids to fit in with society. I want them to carve their own path. Yeah. You know? Or just because they, they're not fucking dumb. And I feel like the constant like repetition of children, yeah. we don't understand. They can just get it. Like yeah. You can raise your children and you can go, hey, this is a job. You've got to do this and this and this. And they'll go, oh, really? That, that, this is the logic behind it. Okay, cool. I'll go. I'm like, you have to be there at five o'clock because that's the time it starts if you want to get paid. You know, I can explain it to my child in 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't need to bang on every fucking day of their life like they're fucking idiots. Because no. they're not idiots. No. And it's proven because there are people who free school. Is it free school? No, unschool, unschool. their yeah. children. And their children are completely fine. They're doing maths. They're going to lessons. Mm-hmm. They're doing it incredibly well because they know how to think. And they haven't yeah. been stressed and, like, squashed their whole fucking childhood. And the information isn't being jammed into their brain before they're developmentally capable uh-huh. of, of capturing it. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, you know, the whole, like, gentle parenting thing? It's like people think you're, you know, wrapping them in cotton wool. But I remember this thing once and it was like don't praise them don't um don't scold them like just they don't you don't need to be like oh good boy johnny good boy johnny like for everything like they did it well done that's cool yeah and if they do something bad it's like that wasn't probably great yeah did that turn out how you you don't need to be so fucking dramatic like some parents you just feel like fucking relax man yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know i I don't know anything my eldest is seven so i really don't come here to me for parenting advice (laughs) Like that all. <laughs> I think that I think that you know I as as useless as my parents were in many many ways I do thank them for mm. the their lack of um, disinterest in me because <laughs> I got to do whatever the fuck I wanted yeah. and I think that really helped me establish healthy boundaries and understand my limits and yeah. my willpower is pretty fucking yeah, solid you know if I, if I say to myself no I'm not going to do that anymore. yeah actually yeah well even I when you started the gym yeah I just, just kept going I start something I'll... maybe you've got Asperger's <laughs> maybe that's why I get along with that OB so well <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe you have a little kinship there <laughs> yeah no but you know and I really yeah, think that do. is a testament to my parents yeah. just they were completely uninvolved yeah and I think we've lost that you know we yeah. all the helicopter parenting that happens these days yeah you know? yeah we're so scared of mm. them getting hurt or doing the yeah. wrong thing that we just we, we we squash them. Yeah, yeah. 
Totally. Like, free play for children is awesome. When they aren't observed, yes, yeah. free play, they their brains, like, explode. Yeah. All the connections light up because there's nobody hovering and That's what, scolding um, them. Anna Martin mentioned that in her podcast. She was saying that especially from the ages of around 10 to 15, and oh, especially yeah. for males, mm-hmm. um, she said, take them out of the classroom and put them in the physical world. Yeah. And she said, and like child labor laws have actually really been a detriment to child development because she said, you know, if you can involve your child in work, yeah. then all those neurological connections just fucking explode. That's so cool. Um, and she said, that's the time when, especially boy, like um, mm-hmm. male children, but female children as well, that's when they can really, really benefit from a farm life. Yeah, right. You know, uh-huh. getting out, feeding the chickens, feeding the animals, doing the gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, like, are building fences and all that sort of stuff, she said, it, it, they don't need to be sitting in a classroom to yeah. learn. They will, their brain will just be on fire. That's so like, cool. Yeah, and it's so really unfortunate, cool. but maybe in the future, it'd be good if we could build a society where you know, parents have to work or whatever, they work, and but we have systems in place. Like, I know yeah. they have TAFE stuff, but yeah. even if it was for 10-year-olds, like, hey, they're, they're building a fucking shed next door to the school. Whoever mm. wants to go over and yeah. work with the builder. She said there's a um, school in America called The Farm. Oh, um, oh like The Farm Anime is Farm. Like The Farm Anime, yeah, but it's, mm. a, it's a school for boys at this age group. Cool. Specifically for that, and she said a, a lot of the time parents resort to it um, when their child is having problems and an issue, yeah. So you can diagnose your child, medicate them, and sit them there, or you can send them to the farm. Yeah, the school, the prison pipeline, or go to a farm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Hmm. I'll have to send you the podcast. It was really good. Yeah, she sounds cool. Anna yeah. Martin. Yeah. Um, how long have we been doing this for? Don't know. I got here after four, so not long. I think I say that every fucking podcast. How long have we been doing this for? There's this um. There's a coroner's... You can look at coroner cases on queenslandcourts.com, right? And it's like inquests into people's death or whatever. Anyway, there's one... I remember reading the one. I'm so fucking morbid sometimes. I remember <laughs> I, read, I read the whole coroner's report. Mm. You know that family that works like that blew up in the caravan? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did too. I read that one. I remember reading through a lot of, um, like, I think when I first did nursing, because there's obviously a lot of, like, if you die in hospital in a fucked up way, they inquest it or, like, have an inquest into it. Mm. And then I remember when I was preparing for free birth stuff, I'd, I'd read, like, the coroner cases for yeah. baby deaths, like, neonatal stuff in hospital. And yeah. it made me feel like, what about free birthing? <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, in um, 2018, no, this didn't happen in 2018. This is when, so this happened a few years ago, and it was in Gladstone. There was um, a baby that was born, and the midwife dropped it soon after birth, and it died. And the kind of like I read this a couple of years ago, and I was just like, "This is so disturbing." The language that's used, the experts they used, the outcomes that happened, and it's like, where was the like, where are the other, where's the other side talking about what could have happened? It's just. So I'm just going to read through it. And so basically, if you wanted to look at it yourself, it's like coroner's... If you just go to like coroner's court, Queensland, and then type in Gladstone, it's only like four or five down. And it's um, inquest into the death of baby M, because they don't say the names of the people. Anyway, so I'm just going to read a little bit. On 11th of February, 2016, baby M died shortly after being born in a hospital birthing suite. When she was born, her condition appeared poor... But she suffered an acute injury when the, a nurse fell whilst carrying her to another birthing suite because of an item, because an item of the medical apparatus was unavailable at the first birthing suite. The parents had concerns about prenatal care, timeliness of their presentation to hospital, the baby's condition when born, the suitability of the equipment in the birthing suite, the fall by the nurse, and the resuscitation efforts. 
the medical issues were complex with some differences of opinion requiring requiring resolution by me who's the coroner who that's a fucking lawyer right like um hmm. anyway so i just thought in like t- like when she was born her condition appeared poor so like people in the middle like this is the thing with like when you learn about free birth stuff and when babies are born often the rule is like a minute you just wait mm. and the the placenta like it reperfuses the baby gets blood there's all these things recognized in the natural birthing home birth world which is not at all recognized in the hospital system yeah, how many free births do you watch where the bo- b- baby is born like very blue very yeah some lifeless. of them are terrifying yeah n- not breathing not um mm. and, they, and they come around yeah i know and and the mum is always so sure yeah, the yeah. mum always seems the calmest. Yeah. And if you've got a really good solid midwife with experience, they're calm as well. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, where so many hospital-trained midwives and university-trained, and all they've ever known is the university hospital system, they all say when they enter the home birth world, they need to unlearn so Everything. much. Because yeah. it's it's things that they were like, we were never told that. Or if you, bre- if you broach it with somebody at the hospital, no, 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 they knock you down. You know, it's just... So I thought that was interesting. Appeared poor, but she's, um, you yeah. know. So I'm like, well, what, what is that? Appeared poor. What yeah. the fuck does that mean? Anyways. Um, so this was the second pregnancy of um, Brienne. Her first child was born on the 29th of July, 2005. That birth was by induction at nine days overdue. The baby was delivered naturally without issue. So once again, what do you mean naturally? It was an induction. So to me, it's not naturally a fucking natural. clown fuck. No, it was she being vaginal. Yeah, and nine yeah. days overdue. So I thought, well, she did well to get nine days overdue and wasn't coerced any time soon. The labor was five hours in total from when induction commenced. Her second pregnancy um, was confirmed at about 19 weeks gestation. There was no issue. There is no issue in this in in this of itself, except that it makes the due date prediction much, much less accurate. The mother had prenatal care at the Gold Coast, which was unremarkable, which means, you know, it's completely normal. The pregnancy appeared to be progressing well and without incident. Um, they then relocated to the Gladstone and the medical records for the pregnancy were transferred. Blah, blah, blah. Whilst under the care of the midwives at the Gold Coast, there was determined there was determined an estimated due date of about the 27th of January. This estimate was considered more difficult due to the somewhat late at 19 weeks confirmation of the pregnancy. I just thought to myself, what, what is this mother's journey? She had this baby. All we know is she was in, the first baby. She was induced nine days over it was born. We have no idea how traumatic that was for her. No. If she realized maybe she had a fucking massive cut. If, if they were the only things mentioned... It would, it would have been said that I had an induced natural birth with Tanner. Exactly. Because it, it came out of your vagina. My best friend on the Gold Coast who opted for a cesarean for a second because mm-hmm. of the trauma from her first yeah. was induced and it was a natural it was yeah. a natural birth, but it was very fucking traumatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the way they've mentioned twice now, like she confirmed at 19 weeks. So I wonder if she is a more naturally minded mother. And didn't go and she's like, you know what? until she... Yeah, she didn't want yeah. to and everything was fine. And they can't do anything for you except now they're panicking because, oh, the old the due date was, um, prediction was much less accurate. So they're <laughs> focusing on her presenting at 19 weeks. So this woman's fault yeah, yeah. is the underlying, you know, tone of it, right? Because heaven forbid babies come when they're ready. Oh, fuck. <laughs> at 40 weeks, Miss Keldy attended the hospital for an appointment where she was seen by a midwife the midwife inquired if she would if she was to be induced and whether she wanted a stretch and sweep of her membranes miss keldy declined she was booked in for a further appointment the following week with the doctor so very She's, naturally minded exactly most women when they get to 40 weeks mm-hmm. they're like fucking get the me average out woman. of this the average woman so i thought she knows yeah. what she wants yeah. she's been induced in her last birth and we yeah. don't know nothing about it but right now she is not really you know yeah it's good 
Um, at her 41-week appointment, the doctor sought to do an internal examination, but Miss Keldy declined as she thought there was no need for this. The way they wrote declined as she thought there was no need for this. So they're painting a picture of a woman, you know, just the blame on it. Like, yeah. she declined it at 41 weeks because guess what? She thought there was no need for it. Because there's none. There is none. You fucking retards. Hey, what are you gonna what, what are you gonna get from looking at her surgery? Why do you wanna finger me, you fucking sick fuck? Yeah. Um at her yeah, radio. So she declined, she thought there was no need for this. Um at her appointment, at that appointment, she was booked in for a further appointment the following week to be induced 7 a.m. eleventh of February. She went into neighbour naturally the night before this anticipated appointment. At the forty one weeks Where's the oh, sorry, I won't interrupt. Okay. I'll wait to hear for it. I'll forget. You'll forget maybe. What Where's the GBS positive come into it? It comes in, but I don't. They they talked about universal and risk based approaches later on. So I think Gladstone they probably don't do universal screening. So they're just assuming she was. Positive? You just you just wait. Mm. You wait. Um, at the forty one weeks and six days appointment, she had an internal examination. So they she basically was worn down, right? Yeah. Um, which found that her cervix was two centimeters dilated and soft. Oh, wow, we know that. Now we can write it in our little book. So if the baby dies, we can go to the coroner's court and they can use it like we fucking did something. At that time, fetal heart monitoring was conducted for an hour. So she'd have a fucking CTG. The baby's heart rate was strong, but significantly, in my view, it showed the mother was having one contraction about every 7.5 to 10 minutes. Significantly. Isn't that normal? <laughs> Okay, CTGs are notoriously, like, fucking retarded anyway. I don't know. I, like, I, I intentionally never learned how far apart contractions are supposed to be spaced, and I intentionally never timed mine. So yeah. isn't, that, isn't that normal? And, like, yeah, she's, she's in early fucking labour. Like, yeah. who, what do you mean significantly? Like, so they're trying to make this a thing. I'm like, well, where's the, where's the fucking midwife being? You just keep listening. Like, um, her scheduled induction was not for another 44 hours, and it was her sec- second pregnancy. Okay. The next day at about 3 p.m., Miss Kelby noticed slight cramping and back pain, which increased to be stronger at 5.30 p.m. She kept doing home tasks to keep herself busy, perhaps to stop herself from focusing on the pain. Clearly, she has a degree of stoicism and was calm in the circumstances. She's in early labor, you fucking idiot. Do you know what women do in early labor? You just keep busy, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't need to rush to the hospital. Like, what? why is this coroner doing, like, even commenting on this? And, and even, if, even if she'd run the hospital at that point, they'd be like, yeah, just stay at home. Give us a call when things amp up. They've done a CTG. The baby's completely fine. Yeah. What the fuck? Clearly she had that yet. So I'm not critical of her. Rather, she was not overly nervous about what she what she thought were early labor signs. What? Why are you saying women should be nervous about labor signs? And especially not a second time, mum. What the fuck? Uh, so they kind of painted her again. I'm not critical of her, but they're, they're painting. So if you're just a, a fucking 50-year-old man reading this, you're just like, oh, this woman. This woman declined this, she declined that, and now she's not even freaking out. She's in early labor. She's not even, oh, my God. You're just like, yeah. oh. At 10.05 p.m., she called the hospital and advised she was having contractions um, of three every 15 minutes, was 42 weeks pregnant with her second baby, and was due to be induced 7 a.m. the following day. Her waters had not broken. Keep that in mind for this GBS shit coming up. Her waters had not broken and she advised of other relevant signs that she had observed. She told them she lived about 20 minutes away from car, away by car. She said she, the maternity ward staff member told her to stay at home until her waters broke or she could not handle the pain any further. Stock standard. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah. 
Um, 10 minutes later at 10.15pm, she woke her husband and advised they were heading to hospital. 15 minutes later, they depart- departed in their motor vehicle and arrived at the hospital car park at about 11pm. At this time, her contractions were very strong and close together. By 11.10pm, so 11.10pm, her waters broke whilst in the hospital corridor as she was heading to the lift for the maternity ward. Whilst in the lift, she felt the urge to push. She was in the maternity ward by 11.20pm. 11 minutes later at 11.31, M was born. So 11.10, her waters broke, and what's 11? <laughs> 21 minutes later, the baby is born. The critical events of the birth. What was very evident was that the birthing process from her arrival at hospital to the time of delivery of the baby was very rushed. There were only about 11 minutes from when she first arrived at the maternity ward to when M was born. This meant there was limited time whilst present if the birthing suite in the birthing suite for the luxury of checking the equipment, which could happen if a more protracted labour progressed. So, she rang no, them. she rang them. And also, those things should be set up no matter what. You don't know who the fuck's going to walk in. No. So, don't... Don't... <laughs> Once again, the undertone. Yeah, yeah. She went late. Yeah. Look at all these warning she signs she had. She left too late. Later, like before then, talking about... She because was, she should have known that her transition was going to be very fast. It's what? a second baby. Like, just the, the, the tone, and it's almost like you didn't give the hospital enough. Very clearly written by a man. Fucking no. <laughs> when M was born, she was first noticed to be pink and took one small gasp. Meanwhile, m- meanwhile, through all of this, we don't know when the placenta was cut, right? When the baby's blood was cut from it. So baby so was pink. they never mentioned when the cord was cut? No, not okay. once. Took, which is because in this system, they don't recognise that as yeah. any importance. No. Um, took one small gasp. She then was taken to the resuscitation table... You know, once again, in a home birth, they would never separate the mother from the baby. If there's an issue with resuscitation, the midwife comes to the mother. The The baby stays on the warm breast of the mother. And the cord stays intact. The cord stays attached, right? Um, So, you know, cut and um, taken to the resus table. It was noticed at this time that she was not breathing. So, once again, some babies don't breathe immediately. No. No. Um, And her first APGAR assessment was very low. We don't know what it was. The nurse at the resus table went to give her ventilation support, but the particular brand of mask and hose available was incompatible with the resus table unit as they were different brands and the adapter required to make them compatible was missing. The nurse then wrapped and picked up baby M in the blanket, realising that time was essential, as about one minute had already passed. She commenced to walk swiftly, described as half walking, half running, to the next available resource table, which was in birthing suite three. I was told in evidence this was about 20 metres down the corridor. As the nurse exited birthing suite four, the nurse slipped on some fluid on the floor and fell forward. The nurse fell to her knees but lost but lost hold of the baby and the baby fell from the blanket onto the floor in the corridor. This was a tragic and most unfortunate event, but entirely accidental. Oh, so horrible. Whilst M was being transferred to the and, next... But also completely avoidable. Yeah. Leave the cord intact. Mm-hmm. Leave the baby on mama's chest. Fuck off. Go get your shit you need or whatever. And None of that back. would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whilst M was being transferred to the next resource table, there was a period of about two, three minutes being the variety of estimates that the baby was without supplied air for resource. Whilst a range of two, three minutes was given from various witnesses, I find that three minutes is most likely the duration based on the records kept by the scribe who recorded events in M's chart. The entries indicate a period of three minutes from birth until commencement of resuscitation table ventilation support. What was noticed in the early assessment of M was that she was in poor condition and so the on-call doctor was called. 
So we don't know actually when. So the early assessment, I'm guessing it would be at the resus table and the other birthing suite. By the time everything's settled down, the encore gets there, you know? So it's been a few minutes that this baby's been separated from the mum and like no blood support. Doctor, so yeah, also the blood. So this baby needs ventilation support. What the fuck is in that quad blood? Oxygen. Oxygen. I know, that's right. Like, it, it just leave the fucking, leave, just leave it alone. <laughs> I just. And um, how many babies face this? Mm-hmm. How many babies? The traumatic event of being ripped from your mu- from your mother's arms, mm-hmm. and the trauma for the parents to watch that happen. Yeah, and for what? Like, it, she she did so well. She had a completely normal birth. Mm-hmm. Why was the baby even taken from her? Why was the baby and put you, on recess? Listen, like just reading how she was. You, I bet she was in probably way stronger labor. She was probably planning. You know, they fucked me over so bad last time. Mm-hmm. Let's get there right at the end. What I did with Cody. A lot of like that was my first thing. Maybe I'll just labor completely at home and birth at the hospital because I, I want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So you know, they'll probably blame this on oh it was precipitous labor and blah blah blah. But it's like, well, no, she's probably having a normal labor. It probably went for eight hours, but she didn't tell you because she doesn't fucking trust you because you yeah. guys have completely fucked the trust of so many women. Yeah. Um, Dr. Chipper, so he was um, was the most senior doctor to attend M, and he said that when he observed the baby just a few minutes after birth, she appeared blue. What is likely is that due to the few minutes, so then before that, she's been fought, like she's fought, fallen on the ground as well, right? So what is likely is that due to the few minutes without air, so the blame mean there's no ventilation, her initial pink appearance had changed to pale and then blue by the time Dr. Chipper attended her. Her condition had deteriorated in those few minutes. Dr. Chipper immediately commenced steps for, for resus. The descending priorities of these are airways, breathing, circulation, drugs. Dr. Chipper explained that the resus of M was difficult because there, because there was a lot of fluid in her lungs. And as there was progress from clearing airways to breathing support, that quite often they had to go back to clearing airways, clearing airways as further fluid became apparent. Dr. Chipper also said that it was only when airways, breathing, circulation had stabilize that consideration was made to administer drugs i appreciate this and accept that i am not critical of him in this regard of course not because he's a fucking doctor and he's a fucking in the boys club together it was stated by a number of medical personnel that the resus was protracted and difficult the term used well of course you dropped a kid trying to get it to another fucking resus the term used was that there was chaos but it was not chaotic okay these these people can say whatever and it's just like okay god tell me what else you say what they were trying to convey was that there was numerous difficulties being encountered in a difficult and tense situation. Um, I'll just see if it's worth. So they talked about antibiotics, right? Is it appropriate to comment on the issue of administration of antibiotics after she was born? There were concerns raised about whether the administration of antibiotics could have occurred as early as 12.20 p.m. That certainly seems possible, for at that time an IV cannula was first established. Dr. Chipper was at pains to point out that at the time circulation had not been stabilized, so the priority was to administer fluids to establish and stabilize the baby. There was a question raised as to whether antibiotics were then considered for a differential diagnosis of possible sepsis, and I note from the patient records that blood was drawn for cultures to be performed. That is clear evidence that consideration of possible sepsis was then in mind of clinicians, so it could not be said that they overlooked this possibility. Rather, in my view, and supported by the evidence of treating doctors, they simply did not have the patient to the required level of stability to administer antibiotics, whilst other resuscitative measures remained the priority. One critical aspect to note is that there was a written prescription to administer IV antibiotics at 1.25am, but there was no record of it ever being administered. So I wonder if they're waiting for cultures or something. I don't know. Um, 
the doctor could not specifically recall stating out aloud, but clearly the medication chart was written up for this to be administered. I find that no antibiotics were administered to baby M. Unfortunately, no medical expert could state whether that would have altered the outcome for baby M. And it was thought likely that in her poor condition when she was born and very shortly after that it was unlikely antibiotics would have altered her outcome. Complicating M's underlying sepsis condition was the fact that she was dropped on the floor. Funny that. I forgot about that. I thought it was... At autopsy, there was found a fracture to the right side of her head and another to the left. But in resolving the causation of these, I am satisfied that the fracture to the right side of the head, which was significant fracture, was caused in the fall to the floor. The fracture, much more minor, to the left side of the head was due to birthing injury as she had a precipitous birth. Do you know how many fucking advice I've asked over the years since I've read that? Have you ever heard of like babies' heads being fractured because of birth? Like it doesn't because you have fontanelles that bend and they mold and shit. How the fuck is that written in a coroner's report? This poor baby was dropped on its head and they're like, oh yeah, only one of the fractures was caused by the floor and the other one was, it must've been a birth injury. Like what the fuck? It was a very normal precipitous birth. Like it was textbook. Babies born all the time fast. Yeah. And like just once again, blaming the birthing injury because she had a precipitous birth. Once again, like because she didn't get herself in hospital. And she didn't get us, and she didn't get an induction. The medical opinions, uh, blah blah blah. So this is fucking. The inquest had the benefit of a review of the prenatal care by an experienced obstetrician, Dr. Ethington. His opinion was that Miss Keldy was not a suitable candidate for low-risk midwifery care in view of. Her previous post date small for gestational delivery. So her first baby was SGA. So, so what, she's not low. Okay, so that's one of his reasons. That clinical concerns of the SGA baby in this pregnancy were not supported by ultrasound evaluation. So I'm guessing they feel it was a little bit small and they're like, oh, and they didn't give it an ultrasound. I don't know. The pregnancy went significantly post-date as the optimum time to induce labor is between seven to 10 days post-date as the risks to fetuses rise thereafter. She should not have been advised to stay at home when experiencing the presence of strong uterine contractions to await the rupture of her membranes. What's that going to do with prenatal care? You fucked hard. That's when she's in labor. This was the second and subsequent pregnancy and a labor can progress very swiftly, which can likely lead to deliveries occurring in the absence of appropriate assistance. So because her first was induced and five hours later, he's saying that means you're not uh, eligible for low risk midwifery care because of that. That's what he's saying. She should have advised that to attend... She should have been advised to attend the birthing suite without delay when she telephoned in at 10.05 p.m. Once again, is this written by a fucking school kid? Because, like, <laughs> isn't this why this cunt reckons that she shouldn't get low... Like, why she shouldn't have had low-risk midwifery care? Anyway, so we're getting his opinion because he can say whatever he wants because he's a fucking obstetrician. As there was record that she was GBS positive in the patient's chart, right? So they've done a, they've done a swab um, and she was GBS positive. That is an, as there was record that she was GBS positive in the patient's chart, that is another reason she should have been advised to attend the birthing suite when the call was made at 10.05 p.m. So they could give antibiotics. So the appropriate antibiotics could be given. So it's funny because there's no mention of like, well, wouldn't the prenatal, wouldn't you then blame a midwife who was at, or she's seen a fucking doctor actually, remember? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't one of them people say you need to come in and we need to give you antibiotics four hours before you deliver? That's our recommendation. That wasn't mentioned because you're just covering for your fucking selves. Um, Put simply in his professional opinion, it was not a low risk pregnancy from the outset. This won't go for too much longer. As to the fact that the prior day she was monitored as having contractions 
one every 7.5 to 10 minutes, the advice to go home was, in his professional opinion, unwise without further investigation of her conditions. What, what conditions? Like, she she's fucking labor. 400 weeks pregnant. She's having contractions every 10 minutes. Leave her the fuck alone. In view of this being a second pregnancy with the first delivery being fairly quick, it's not fairly quick isn't a technical term. No, and fairly, it wasn't even precipitous. And, Five hours isn't precipitous. And you can't even you can't even count it because she was induced. Fuck. How was she induced? Was she given syntocin? Was she what did she have? How how did her induction play out? Mm-hmm. And this pregnancy being well overdue for term, it is most and I'm sure there's all those technical terms. She I don't think you she wasn't Her even forty two weeks. Isn't until forty two and one. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was most unfortunate the opportunity to induce labor at the optimum time of seven to 10 days post due date did not occur. Inducing occurs at a predetermined time and in the setting of the hospital's birthing suite. Perhaps there needs to be greater emphasis on encouragement for inducing a labor when the clinical history has occurred in the case present. So this fucking clown who's got no background at all in anything to do with women having babies is saying perhaps we should encourage labor when you've had a five hour labor. And maybe we should use this case yeah. to encourage women to do it. Did you hear about that baby in Gladstone that died because of If that dumb bitch just got induced, she wouldn't have lost her baby. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got nothing to do with the midwife dropping her on her head. Ugh. It's so fucked up. And cutting the cord and taking her away from her lifeline. Mm-hmm. The forensic pathologist provided an autopsy report and clarified certain of his findings in evidence at the inquest. In essence, Dr. Buxton, a very experienced forensic pathologist, found an overwhelming sepsis and two fracture injuries to the skull. The first fracture to the left side was minor, likely birth trauma, and the second on the right was significant and was likely due to the fall and drop of the nurse. The nature of the sepsis was group B streptococcus, a very common strain, but significantly it was found extensively in baby M. Dr. Buxton took blood and spinal fluid samples. Um, the fluid in the lungs was minimal, likely due to the resuscitation undertaken, although hemorrhaging was noted. Accordingly, it appears meconium aspiration was not significant. Um, so I just like, how long was the baby in NICU for or whatever? And when did it die? Because her waters broke 11 minutes beforehand. So unless the creeper that shoved his fingers up or her fingers up her vagina broke her waters and, and then, because GBS won't go into the fucking sack because it's sterile. No, and how could the baby have been infected, you know... So or, overwhelmingly. So she gave birth at 11.20 and then by 1.25... She gave birth... Oh, her waters broke 11.10. And she gave birth at 11.20. 21. 21. Uh-huh. So GBS couldn't infect a baby that quickly. I remember reading this doctor. He was an obstetrician in the US and he said something... Um, Whatever it was, he said, like, he kind of, all the data he had at that time, he wouldn't treat, pro- like, he, like when the baby's born to a GBS mother with the waters ruptured, it was like, I'm sure, I fucking can't even tell you. But whatever it was, it was a couple of hours he was comfortable with, with yeah. waters being broken, yeah. considering everything else was okay. He was like, there's not much data to suggest, rah, rah, rah. Here, it's like, no, no, no. Like, so I just thought, well, that's hilarious, 11 minutes. And, um, yeah, so... They said, as I stated, the failure to administer antibiotics at the earliest available opportunity was a significant failing that he identified. In saying this, I've placed to one side the obvious failing described as an omission by one witness of the resuscitation table having non-operable ventilation support. Dr. Birch was also of the opinion that GBS played the largest role in the pulmonary hemorrhage found at autopsy, which was a significant underlying condition to the baby's cause of death. Um, and then I'll just do the highlighted bits. So they said cause of death, intracranial and intrapulmonary hemorrhage, traumatic head injury, G- and group GBS. Um, 
the prenatal care with the signs or presentation to warn to attend hospital appears to be deficient when Miss Caldy was first advised of this at the Gold Coast. But there was ample opportunity for this to be corrected during her presentation. So they really focused on she didn't come to hospital soon enough and they should have done more work to tell her to come to hospital soon. She lives 20 minutes away by car. <laughs> there was also missed opportunity to schedule the induction of her delivery earlier in the pregnancy, simply one to two weeks earlier. Perhaps if induced at this time, the sepsis would either be non-existent or at least far less developed in the fetus. But Dr. Buxton op opined that it was difficult to precisely date when the GBS sepsis developed as it was possibly two to three days to seven days old. We don't know. He's just pulling numbers out of his fucking asshole. But it was certainly very established. So was it very established? But then you don't even know if it's two or seven days a year old. Like, I don't know. And I would love to know actually like how they test this blood. How quick, like, you know, when you actually learn about like bloods, and how bullshit, like when you go to the doctors and they print off, like, oh, this is your zinc, this is your, yeah, yeah. your like, fucking everything. Like, it's so shady, all of that shit. So I'd love to know how quickly this baby went septic and, you know. Um, yeah, and so if, and what this is, I just highlighted this, I don't know why. If this had occurred, they're basically saying, lastly, and it was conceded by Mrs. Foyle, that at, on the 9th of Feb February appointment, when there was established regular contractions, Miss Keldy should have been more thoroughly examined, questioned and monitored as to the strength of the contractions, and then given advice as to whether she should stay in hospital or if she chose to leave, that she should immediately return if events happened. If this had occurred, perhaps she would have spent greater time in the birthing suite, resulting in a less rushed time in the birthing suite, which would have increased the likelihood that the deficiency in resuscitation table equipment would have been detected and corrected before the delivery occurred in addition to my mind it was clear that the induction of labor should have occurred at 41 to 42 weeks no later in accordance with the queensland health induction labor guidelines that is especially so when her delayed confirmation of pregnancy occurred at 19 weeks so this woman should have stayed on the 9th of february three days before her baby was actually born to be induced so these clowns can make sure their resus table is okay and it's also her fault because she didn't come here and we had a delayed confirmation of pregnancy like that that's the basically it i do note that at the time miss Keldy was in labor brief as it was there was one midwife with her at all times so she had somebody with her the whole time the care given from birth to four minutes post birth was deficient as there was no ventilation support given you cut the fucking ventilation support you fuck with not even an ambu and the ambu bag present on each resus table was used. Um, and then they basically concede that even if antibiotics were administered straight away, it wouldn't have made a difference. And so you know how, like, um, you know, in the cord blood, the stem cells that are in that cord blood is just so fucking the, critical. Mm -hmm. So so she was GBS positive, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow that got into the baby despite her waters being intact. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how many babies are born with with GBS, GBS. Yeah. and then the wonders of you know the cord blood and stem mm -hmm. cells and breast milk mm -hmm. brings it all good exactly you know the human body doesn't fail mm -hmm. it doesn't mm -hmm. it does not fail if you do it if you if you allow nature to do what it does it very rarely fails and this is why like how many how do you say that word voluminous cord insertion yeah you know the amount of ones you see that weren't detected but if they were detected the, the oh my god like things just happen babies are born often mm. and like so many 
things. Like you just said, like how many babies are born with these conditions? Even the whole kidney things, you know, some are born with one or whatever. And like if they're not symptomatic, they're not picked up to the adults. Same with heart defects. Mm. So many times if well, you don't... Dusty was... Dusty had really bad jaundice. He was... All my kids, except River, surprisingly, have been jaundiced. Mm-hmm. Tanner and Dusty were probably the worst. Dusty was by far the worst. And he had, um, because of the way he was positioned in the womb, mm-hmm. he was born with torticollis and then he developed plagiocephaly. Is that because of the asynclitic? Yeah, because he was asynclitic. So he had torticollis, which is shortening of the neck muscles on one side. And then because of that, he developed a flat spot mm-hmm. because he couldn't straighten his neck. So we were working really closely with the Cairo, um, yeah. you know, doing And he had his ties released, which helped a lot of it. Um, and then, you know, we were working with the Cairo. And she even sort of said, oh Sarah like you know because he was six weeks old and very jaundiced and Mm -hmm. she was sort of like oh he's kind of on the border like if you were going to see a GP they would probably want to admit him to do light therapy Mm -hmm. but he had no other symptoms yeah no he was feeding really well he was urinating heaps he was Mm -hmm. pooing he was sleeping he was happy he was developing he was growing he was rolling Mm -hmm. he was orange yeah you know his his body took a little longer to Mm -hmm. sort itself out yeah yeah. And I just think if I had have taken him to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, they would have wanted to give him drugs, they would have wanted to do tests, they would have wanted to do all this bullshit. Yeah. Um, but other than his yellow tone, mm-hmm. he had no other symptoms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so often I think we we overpathologize mm. just one symptom yeah. without looking at the entire picture. Yeah. You know, even when a baby is um, you know, when a mo- when a mother's having issues breastfeeding, mm-hmm. they just focus on the weight. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, your baby's only gained 50 grams uh-huh. in, in two weeks. And, and the mother freaks out and they're told to use formula. Stop. Mm. Just stop for a second. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. Your baby's still gained weight. Yeah. Might not be enough. Mm-hmm. Might not be a lot. But how much did they gain the few weeks before? And how much mm-hmm. are they going to gain in the few weeks after? Yeah. Like, let's, you've got time here. Mm-hmm. Take a fucking breath. Yeah. You know, just like that poor baby. Yeah. It came out, you know, was in poor condition. Mm-hmm. So they just cut the cord and took it away from the mother straight away from there on the rest of the evidence is useless because Mm. you've changed the you've you've entirely changed the course of that birth Mm -hmm. and you don't know what the outcome would have been if that baby had stayed with the mother exactly if it was born at home in a dark little room yep. and looked at its mum and well, not, like, even some of them are born fucking stunned, man. They are. And guess what? In the home birth world, you don't fucking attack them with the towel straight away. You no. wait and watch for like a minute. You yeah. just let things unfold, see what happens. Mum looks at the baby, kisses it. Yeah. Maybe even like after a little while blows in its face, see if it happens. Like these yeah. little babies are born, like are meant to be born. Yeah. They're designed that way. They're yeah. designed. That's why their blood, one third of their blood stays up in their placenta once it's born born one third of that blood gets pumped back into it there's yeah. stem cells in it that will help Repair. heal birth injuries maybe the fucking fracture caused exactly. by the birth and that's know, what i mean like things. how do how we know, know that how do we know that all these babies aren't born with mm. a, a little bit of sepsis exactly. and then the stem cells and exactly. the breast milk fixes everything yeah i just find it kind of like okay so gbs so if her and you know if it was intact like why did gbs why did why yeah. why was there GBS in there unless she had like a slow leak and it, it she'd been unwell but she had a CTG everything was okay yeah. and like there's GBS things like I think this I used to know this all off by heart because I was GBS with Roman but it was like if you have a multiple pregnancy if it's before 37 weeks gestation if the mother has a maternal temperature oh, there's fucking two other things I can't remember but I'm like she's 42 weeks the baby's cool she's been getting like oh you know what I mean like what are you talking about like the baby was slowing right down in there and she was coming up saying 
you know, and the baby's baby sleep is septic, down, already in the womb, wouldn't her heart rate reflect that too? And when the waters broke, like, would there maybe be... I know some can cause, like, sepsis. I don't know, but if it's in the baby, maybe the, like, lycor would be fine. The, 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 unfortunately, like, the key elements are missing from that report. The way it was written, I just thought it was disgusting. The way it was only... the mother. Yeah, the, the obstetrician, the, what he said... How? Where's the, How does she qualify as a high-risk pregnancy? I know, just, just bullshitting. Absolutely. Though, I mean, then he's kind of, you know, directly down on the midwives. Like, he's punching yeah, down yeah, on the midwives. Yeah. Like, oh, well, they shouldn't have done that. And, you know, everyone then, like, but the last person to punch down is the mother, really. Like, yeah. well, you know, it's not our fault. And I just thought, well, where's, you know, even Hannah Darla and, like, the big midwives, why aren't they called to coroner's courts with yes. their opinion? Yes. Nothing's going to change if you're just going to the obstetrician the for advice. The first thing someone like Hannah Darlin would have said is exactly what we said. Mm. When was the cord cut? Yeah. <laughs> because in the university systems, the ones that I went to anyway, they didn't recognise that as anything significant. There was two of us out of the eight, maybe, that brought up, like, what about, like, bedside recess where the cord stays intact? It was completely dismissed. Yeah. No, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. And you're just like... So how do these fucking midwives meant to learn anything? How are they meant to learn unless they get that beaten down and then, but they still want to work and they go to the dark side. Of and and the research is there. And yeah, there but, is. But like you said, it's 10, 15 years off be- become, before it becomes part yeah. of the policies and procedures. And, you know, some knob fuckhead up here would do like a little thing. Oh, no, I've watched a few babies be born with delayed cord clamping and it, cord, it caused jaundice. And it's like, no, look at the actual data, not just at this fucking hospital. Look at the data worldwide on it. It's yeah. very low incidence. You can deal with that. Yeah. We don't know the benefits of giving that baby all the blood. And I always say, sort of say too, maybe Justin needed to be jaundiced. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there was wisdom. a pathological reason that he needed to be jaundiced. And you need to get that baby to adjust to it. Yeah. This is the whole non, non-allopathic way of thinking about things. Yeah. Your body is wise. It's responding to something. Yeah. We don't know yet what it's responding to. Just watch the baby. Is it eating? Is Let's, it feeding? Is it sleeping? You know? every, every, uh, and, and I... After that appointment with the Cairo, I remember being concerned and I remember thinking, oh, fuck, Sarah, maybe you do need to take mm. him in. But then I took my own advice and I was like, Look, I'm just going to watch yeah. him for a few days. I'm really going to focus on him and really mm-hmm. observe him for a few days. Yeah. And there was literally, other than the color of his skin and eyes, there was mm. no fucking reason yeah, right. to seek care. Yeah. None. I remember when Roman, like, he wasn't losing weight, but he was dropping percentiles, and I was one that noticed he was losing weight, and I was like, mm. and I was like, I don't like pumping, I didn't pump, I didn't take the Domperidone, because I knew what I was doing wrong, and everyone was like, oh, you know, you should go, like, you know, up there, um, I rang up ABA online, the Australian Best Fitting thing, and I said to him, like, I don't want to pump, like, why set my alarm at night to pump when my fucking baby's there, and he's latching, he doesn't have a problem with mechanically, like, he can latch, you know, there was a bit of, like, is he... Uh, cord, yeah, what do you call it? Cord tie, yeah, tongue tie, <laughs> tongue tie. Um, but so I just was like, I didn't do nothing like that, and I just fed and fed and fed him. Mm-hmm. There was no more dummy. The dummy was me. My supply increased, and he was a chubby baby within yeah. a month or two. Yeah, there was nothing like. But if I'd followed the blind advice, the mainstream, care. and I kept using the dummy constantly, then I was using the breastfeeding. Then that caused problems. I got mastitis, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then I tell my daughters, I couldn't breastfeed your brother. Because I had this and this and then No, not really. I just overused the dummy and I didn't breastfeed him enough. He didn't have enough time on the And I didn't follow my intuition. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like all this, all, like right now, there's so many studies coming out. You know, there's so many different... I, I, I got torn down on Instagram by a um, friend who <laughs> no long, we no longer follow each other because we had a falling out. But, um, and, and, and she tore me down saying that I don't share um, sources, I don't share 
information from reputable sources. And I was like, no, no, no. Your idea of reputable and my idea of reputable are just yeah. really different. And it, it, it's so much... You know that um, little reel you shared about how... Um, there's going to be so much information out there now. There's going to be cases for, mm. there's going to be cases against, there's going to be studies for, there's going to be studies against, there's mm-hmm. going to be, um, you know, account uh, anecdotal information from people. Oh, I got the shot and I'm all good, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, I got the shot and my life's fucking destroyed. Yeah. At the end of the day, everything, everything, mm-hmm. every fucking decision you make needs to come from your mm-hmm. instincts. Yeah, definitely. You know, did, did you know without anyone telling you that... Roman was just using the dummy too much. Yeah. You didn't need someone else to tell you that. And you the, already knew that. The thought of the pump and all the shit and the fucking... Even having to go to the doctors, I was like, kill me now. Yeah. I was just like, fuck... And that inside is my maybe laziness, but it's my intuition going, nah, fuck that. Because you looked at him and you saw that yeah. I can do this. Yeah. He, he, he's uh-huh. not losing weight. Mm-hmm. So we were okay for now. Exactly. Yeah. I know I can produce milk like a motherfucker, man. Yeah. Like that... All my babies the first fucking month put on a kilo, man. They're like fucking oh, ginormous. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, no, I know I can fucking, you know, ring up Chris. I'm like, come away from work. You need to watch Sophie. I need to breastfeed constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And he was fine. Like. And, and, and it was the same with Dusty, you know, like, yeah, I, I could have freaked out and I could have gone to the hospital and I'm sure they would have mm. run a bunch of tests and they would have found shit that was wrong, yeah. obviously, because uh-huh. his skin was yellow. Yeah, yeah. So there was mm-hmm. something that was going on yeah. inside of him. Mm-hmm. But every other aspect of him was fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's just see where this goes. Yeah, exactly, man. Totally. Mm. Good Should episode. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Catch right. your cunts. Catch your cunts. Oh, you can blame it on my attitude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, baby, that's just my attitude. Yeah, I don't blame you if I was you, I'd probably be getting mad at too. Oh, oh, I know now, baby, that ain't a bad thing. Yeah, that's just my attitude. Yeah, yeah, okay, ayy, that's just my.